This week on Growing in Motherhood. Do not continue to drop your panties for someone who, <laughs> I know it sounds really, really intense, but for someone who is not going to give you the care that you absolutely need. You're listening to Growing in Motherhood, the podcast that inspires mamas to grow, where we talk about the real stuff, not just the good stuff, and share all things parenting and motherhood insight. We are first cousins with 10 kids between the four of us, ranging in age from six years to just six months old. Whether you are currently expecting, have kids of your own, or would like to in the future, this show is for you. Let's get started and grow with us. their names. Amber Rose Isaac, Shalon Irving, Kira Dixon Johnson, Yolanda Kadima, Erica Garner. So I'm guessing those probably weren't the names you were expecting to hear following that phrase. However, the names that I just mentioned are just a handful of the Black women in the United States of America that have lost their lives to maternal death. Many people may not be aware that in the United States, currently, Black women are more than three times more likely to die from a maternal death than a white woman. So let's, let's break that down a little bit further. First, let's define what is a maternal death. Or another term that you may hear being used interchangeably throughout this episode is pregnancy-related mortality. This can be defined as death of a mother during pregnancy, delivery, or within one year postpartum after delivering her baby. Overall, the pregnancy-related mortality in the United States occurs at an average rate of 17.2 deaths per 100,000 live births. So that means that for every 100,000 babies that are born living, 17.2 of the mothers attached to those deliveries die. That number jumps to 43.5 deaths of mothers per 100,000 live births for black women yet it decreases to 12.7 deaths of mothers per 100,000 life births for white women. In addition, 66% of pregnancy-related deaths are preventable. So what does that calculate to? I don't know, y'all could do the math, but in my mind, that equates to a problem. With black women being three to four times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women, it's clear that there is a black maternity mortality crisis in America, and we need to talk about it. So to do that, I have with me today my good friend. Y'all, we go way back. We go all the way back to college. This is Ayanna Davison. And I want to just take a moment to introduce her. Ayanna Davison is a certified nurse midwife. She is a women's health nurse practitioner. 
She is the founder of the Vagina Chronicles. Yes, you heard me correctly. She is a poet, a lover of art. She is a sister, a friend. She is my sister and my friend. She is a beautiful black woman. And Ayanna, of course, we want your input on this crisis is what I'm going to call it. This, this is a public crisis, a public health crisis. It's a national health crisis. And we definitely want you to weigh in and give your input. So without further ado, I'm going to let you speak to the people. Thank you so much, Karen, for having me on here. And um, you're precisely right. This is definitely a crisis that we're in and that we do need to talk mm-hmm. about. So I'm excited to be here to chat with you about that. Yes, I am excited for you to be here. And I'm excited about what you will bring to this table right now. I'm excited for the moms that are listening to hear the input that you have to give from a professional, from a Black nurse midwife who is who is in the trenches, who sees this day in and day out. And I know that you're passionate about this. I know that this is something that deserves so much more attention than what it's getting. So I want to give you the opportunity to um, to weigh in and to shine a light on this topic that um, many people may not be as aware of as, as we all should be. So my first question is just, why is this happening? In 2021 in the United States of America, why is this happening? And I have my own ideas. I hear different things. I hear, you know, racial disparities exist because Black women have lack of access to health care or because Black women are not receiving the proper prenatal care or the, the health care they do receive is poorer quality um, because of poverty, because of lack of education. And, you know, this racial disparity includes Black professional women. It includes doctors, epidemiologists, lactation consultants, doulas, celebrities. So education is not the issue and income is not the issue. Uh, what is it? <laughs> Honestly, I think we all know what it really is. We do. We do. And there are people who are willing to admit the truth and there are people and to... to um, to observe what's really happening in front of our very eyes. And there are people who will blame this problem on the medical problem of postpartum hemorrhage or high, uh, preeclampsia, or like you said, access to care, lack of access funds. But what it really boils down to is systemic racism. Like mm-hmm. that's what, and that's what we need to loudly proclaim and profess because it's the mm-hmm. absolute truth. If mm-hmm. you look at the longstanding history of the United States, we are founded on, a, you know, the principles of racism, where inequality runs rampant through, through the the veins of America, you know, mm. and so um, these systems, government, hospital, and medical, all are are founded on principles that were not designed for our people, black people, and right. and so it doesn't matter where you come from, um, and I think. I think folks, you know, are shocked to hear things about like Serena Williams and other, you know, celebrities, but the reality is Black women in general are not listened to. And again, this all has to do with, you know, systemic racism. So, um, and it's heavily ingrained in the medical culture. So Hmm. what you find um, even in learning through medical school is that 
students are pretty much taught well black people don't feel pain the same way that other people do they can tolerate a lot more so when we go in and we're in these same kind of pain pains as our counterparts and in early labor like people Mm -hmm. don't truly believe us um Mm -hmm. and this spans outside of maternal health as well so it's not just limited here um it's mm-hmm. the same thing as, you know, where it comes to police brutality as well, where we do something and a white counterpart does the same thing and they are taken to, you know, Burger King. Whereas we are selling CDs on a sidewalk, we are in a corner store, we're sleeping in our bed and mm-hmm. it it costs us our, our lives for, yes. yeah. Yeah. So you can see in all aspects of this nation where systemic racism runs rampant and mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, the healthcare industry doesn't, does, is not excluded from that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We're already operating at a higher level of stress than most people because of enslavement in our history. That's mm-hmm. been clinically um, proven. Um I throw out the term weathering all the time, which is like cells look much older than we do. And, you know, they say, they say black don't crack and we look fabulous, but our bodies are like destroyed on the inside or, or, you know, they're, they're dying on the inside at a faster rate. And it's because we have to, or the perception is that we have to do better than, or we have to make strides because, you know, I don't have access to clean water. I don't have access to fresh food. So I got to hustle and do work my three jobs so that my kids can have something to eat. Mm-hmm. Or even, even on the upscale level where people are um, affluent and have money, I have mm-hmm. to put on this face and I have to do more than my counterpart because I'm black in my skin and anything mm-hmm. that goes wrong will be, it will be turned back to me. And so- right for so long the responsibility has been left on black people to make change to what's happening to them Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really time that we shift that that outlook because it's not on us it's not solely on us we're working to make strides for ourselves but other people the the people who (laughs) who believe that racism is okay and um or that it doesn't exist yeah or that it doesn't (laughs) exist are people who really need to be kind of shaken to the core to make change. Yeah, 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 for sure. So, Ayanna, when you talk about weathering, this premature biological aging that's taking place due to the stresses of racism, we have to think about how this impacts our health as Black women, especially when we're pregnant. So if biologically we're aging prematurely, what does that mean for our pregnancies? and the safety of our pregnancies? And what does that mean for this maternal death rate that we're seeing for Black women in America? So you have a woman that is, say, age 35, and she's pregnant, right? So 35 and up, she's considered to be a high-risk pregnancy. But if this is a Black woman, and she is dealing with the stress of being Black in America, that ages her even beyond that 35. Right. So She's already high risk, but now just the fact that she's a Black woman in America that is pregnant, she is even more of a high risk pregnancy. And so that plays a part in not only in how we carry pregnancies, but how we deal in postpartum 
and how mm-hmm. we feel in everyday life. As a midwife, Ayanna, what is it that you tell your, your patients, pregnant mothers or even your non-pregnant women, how do you tell them to advocate for themselves? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. So I'm going to start by saying I know many times my response comes up from a very privileged place meaning this is the expectation that someone has access to multiple realms of care and mm-hmm. it may not always be true. So I'm, I'm also like sitting in my own truth of like, I know where I work. I also know where um, I'm coming from for the protection of, uh, of black people, but also they may not have the ability, capacity or space to get to the place where I'm, I'm trying to guide them to. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you're always trying to develop and create and think of, ways to to keep them safe in the system so right right and i i tell folks which has been tricky during covid is like do not go to the hospital by yourself Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like you need to have a family member someone there because during experiences of you know high stress um labor (laughs) um all of that um Mm -hmm. or something's going wrong you're in a state of like sometimes of shock sometimes a state of like you just are trying to make it through you're not really all coherent sometimes and having an extra set of ears is helpful to say this is what they told us or even for someone to like write down like this is what's happening um because then later back you can later on you can go back and say oh this is what was told to me so there's no exactly fusion I am a big fan of folks asking for questions to be repeated and mm-hmm. until you understand and then one thing I always drive home this is a place of privilege again is if you you know if you're not comfortable here if your needs and expectations aren't being met find another provider if your car is broken and you need to get it fixed and you go to this mechanic and they fix it but like two two days later the same problem is happening again and this happens on multiple occasions, why would you continue going back to that same mechanic? It's the same with healthcare and specifically with maternal health. I'm like, do not continue to drop your panties for someone who, <laughs> I know it sounds really, really intense, but for someone who is not going to give you the care that you absolutely need. If you're going to come back later with the same issue or you're not meeting that pay, the person where, or they're not meeting you where you are, then there's really no point of you staying here. You need to find someone who can actually walk you through, guide you, listen to what you're saying, and also provide mm-hmm. their recommendations. And then you come to uh, an agreement you know, and a plan of care based on that discussion, you know, mm-hmm. not someone throwing out information at you. And we've, we've, uh, you know, to go back to earlier points too, we've, um, generationally, we've been known to just take what doctors say as truth. If mm-hmm. we go to the doctor, so mm-hmm. there's that problem. Right. If we go, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I wouldn't even say it's a problem, but like, there's that aspect of things, but right. then there's, um, whatever the doctor says is, is what I'm going to do. And I'm not asking any questions and that's mm-hmm. got to go out the door. That's that sure. kills people. Just making sure you have a, a you know, a, a second opinion doesn't hurt, you know, mm-hmm. a conversation, a conversation, you can leave with a prescription and not fill it, you know, yeah. Yeah. do it all the time, you know, Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, or if you disagree with the plan of care, you know, find someone else to go to. Oh, that was the other thing. Um, finding providers of color or people who 
um, when you when you meet with them, it doesn't hurt to ask the question, you know, especially for our black moms, um, black birthers out there, you, you can ask the question, there is a crisis going on in this country. Do, are you aware of it? Number one. Mm, yeah. Number two, how are, how are you in this practice working towards effective change for that? And three, mm-hmm. how can I be reassured that you're going to protect me and keep me safe, mm-hmm. keep me and my baby safe? At the yes. End of the day? Not every Black provider is on board. Not everybody's on board on the same page. So again, vet your provider, like make sure mm-hmm. research, you know, um, word of mouth is a thing. And so sometimes that's helpful. I won't say always rely on it, but sometimes it is helpful. So mm-hmm. those are a few things that can be done. Yes, I, I appreciate those points. Yes. And I was going to um, bring up the question, but you already jumped into it. You know, how important is it for, for Black moms to see a provider of color, to see a Black provider? But you bring up an excellent point that I'm going to snatch from Angela Rye real quick. I'll do it. <laughs> Austin Folk. Thank you. That's what I listened to. I was gonna say it, because, but I've said it already, like today and yesterday. So I'm like, let's just, let's just leave that alone. But it's the truth. Right, right. There is value and importance in in black women seeing black providers. There is a need for that. But I think it's also important to recognize that everyone may not be on the same playing field. So I like what you said about vetting your providers. That's also important. Just on a personal note, when I was pregnant with my daughter, when I actually went into labor, I knew prior to going into labor that my gynecologist was not going to be on call that weekend, right? So I'm already like, okay, so, you know, that already puts you a little bit on edge. So it's like, this it's not the person that has been following me throughout my whole pregnancy. This person doesn't necessarily know my history as well as someone that's been following me all along, you know, throughout this course. And that's, that's scary. That's concerning. Being a mother going into labor, being a Black mother going into labor in the times that we live in, it's something that could be a little bit unnerving. So in the moment, though, once you're in labor, you're in labor. <laughs> that's the focus, right? Uh-huh. So, yep. But I will tell you that even though I was in labor and I got to the hospital at nine centimeters dilated. Hey. <laughs> that's the best way to get there. Hey, yes, that was a quick... <laughs> That was a quick delivery. So now I popped right on out. But yeah, even in the midst of all of that, in the midst of my contractions being probably, what, a minute apart <laughs> at that point, when I looked up and I saw who my, who my OB was going to be, and I saw that it was a Black woman, I will tell you that that comforted me so much. Yes. And that, even though I was still you know, having these excruciatingly painful contractions that still gave me um, some comfort in the midst of all of that. And I I just think it's so important, but I think even more important is what you said, is that we have to vet our providers, even our Black providers. So It's true um, because you could look up and see a Black provider there for you and they're not there for you. Mm Mm-hmm. um, It does offer us a lot of comfort um, and I've seen it. I walk into patients' rooms and they're like, I'm doing a pap on a 50-something year old woman and she is clapping because it's a black midwife who's doing a pap on her. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) And it's, but these are real moments. I've seen um, 
amazing, beautiful Black birth. And I think that's a key to this crisis, which brings heaviness to a lot of Black birthers who are aware of what's going on. We Mm -hmm. also have to show joy. We have to show like the victorious moments that these things can happen. We do need to see moments of joy within our community in order to move forward and mm-hmm. feel a sense of safety as well. Having a Black provider is not going to cure systemic racism, but it right. helps. It helps. Right, right. And, and studies have shown, you know, between the educational realm, when, you, when you're going to school, it's important to have a preceptor who looks like you or someone who's going to train you who looks yes. like you. The same thing goes, like, in life, when you're dealing in all aspects when you can see someone who looks like you who might understand your struggle they don't have to Mm -hmm. go through exactly what you went through but Mm -hmm. you'll be able to relate that brings a sense of like peace it it brings that energy down like right right oh you know i can i can take a little bit of a load off right right so yeah now you're not fighting as many factors right Mm -hmm. so there's always going to be a fight going on in life but if you can remove one of those factors, one of those variables that you're fighting against, mm-hmm. then yes, absolutely. That takes some of the weight off. So I want to ask you as well, Ayanna, um, we've talked about Black providers, the importance of Black providers for Black patients. How important do you feel Black-owned facilities, clinics, birthing centers, perhaps, or, or even just facilities that are focused on or specifically the needs of Black women? That's a passion that is near and dear to my heart. Yes, uh, I know. Currently. This <laughs> <laughs> is kind of a setup question. <laughs> In the United States, I love it. In the United States, there are 12 or 13 Black-owned birth centers. Mm-hmm. And there aren't very many birth centers as, as it is, but that's, I want to say it's a very small percentage. Like that's a handful in comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're making strides to make sure that there will be more. And, Good. but answer your question. It's, it's critical that we have these spaces, these safe spaces Mm-hmm. black people um what's also important is not everyone can afford some of the care that we offer so the funding needs to be there and the funding again not all our responsibility it's it right. doesn't lean solely on us but um there's room for us to grow more and do more and i think we're starting to see a lot more of that happen wonderful Wonderful. Yeah. And it's definitely, definitely needed. Thank you for answering that setup question. Um, (laughs) Not a problem. (laughs) Ayanna, it's all well and good uh, to talk about numbers and statistics and throw these calculations around and, you know, all of that and discuss the systemic racism that exists in this country and, and especially within our healthcare system and the change that needs to take place within these systems, but I want our moms to um, take away from this episode something that they can actually put into practice and use as they are contemplating pregnancy or as they are moving through their pregnancy journey. I want them to have some nuggets to take away uh, from this episode so that they can feel empowered, Mm -hmm. so that they can feel protected, so that they can feel like they are able to safely move throughout their pregnancy 
or start their pregnancy journey. So what tips would you give for our listeners who are either contemplating pregnancy or who are currently in their pregnancy journey? Sure. So for folks who are wanting to get ready for pregnancy or in the midst of a pregnancy, I typically say, you know, on my platforms and everything, your journey through pregnancy starts way before you even conceive. And many of us are trying to change the narrative on like how we view pregnancy and our thoughts on it, because sometimes it's a surprise. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's planned for, sometimes it's worked really, really hard for, Mm -hmm. but like, are we really preparing ourselves for the path that we're walking on? And so preparation is key. So if you are planning to be pregnant at any point in your life, it's important to know understand your body, know what the parts are. Um, You know, my platform was started out because I was seeing so many patients who didn't understand the basic anatomy of what's happening, like where their baby's coming from versus where you urinate from. Like Mm -hmm. people weren't understanding the basic anatomy. And so um, it's important for you to understand your own body the basic anatomy, but also like how your body and system operates. Like, how do you feel at different times of your cycle? How mm-hmm. do you feel throughout the day when you've eaten certain foods? Um, your body's response to that when you're dehydrated, mm-hmm. what does that look like when you have something with excess sugar? And I know like this can go on in, in a lot of tangents, but um, it's important for us to understand that so that when we add on another life to, <laughs> to right. ourselves, right. We can kind of say, I'm, I know this is a different journey and experience, but like, these are the things that typically keep me healthy. And now I need to look for other ways to help supplement that, um, Mm -hmm. to make sure that I can sustain the pregnancy health in a healthy manner as best as possible. Um, so Mm -hmm. preparation is key, not just for pregnancy, but for postpartum, many people don't part. Um, it's more than just sleepless nights and diapers and feeding. It is um, a loss of self. It is, or the grief of self. It mm-hmm. is the um, grief of just the two, if you were in a partnership. Um, mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's the grief that you don't have a partner if you're mm-hmm. single. Um, mm-hmm. It is maybe the grief that you had to use reproductive assistance to get this pregnancy. Um, or sometimes people are, even though they have a live baby, they're mourning the loss of another one. So postpartum is very complex and it's important mm-hmm. to prepare for that as well. Mental health is just as important as your physical health. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So pre- preparation is number one. So there are plenty of resources out there that offer information on childbirth courses, postpartum preparation, pregnancy preparation. And I, I really encourage folks to look for that. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is fortifying yourself with knowledge, which is what you're doing when you go to look for information. Not everything on Google's, Google is going to be correct. But oh, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> then you're down the <laughs> rabbit holes. But there can lead you to some well-qualified places. So understanding that like, you know, taking things with a grain of salt and then maybe coming to your provider who you trust and asking like follow up questions and, you know, getting their response and kind of seeing where they're at is, is important too. Um, so really giving yourself that knowledge so that when you walk in, you understand the terms that are being used, 
because oftentimes things are thrown out and and it's it's um it's kind of like a robotic move for many providers to just say something and not really follow up with do you understand or do you have any other right. questions right. so like making sure that like you you understand some basic terms but it's also not all on you to understand everything so they need to clearly outline things like i, I mentioned that before um so fortifying yourself with knowledge in whatever capacity that is um and then um look for the safe havens look mm -hmm. for the places where you relate to somebody have a consult with someone talk with them see if you vibe do they connect with you on a human level do they do they see the person that's in front of them mm -hmm. um you may not say those words specifically but like you'll get that sense of i i feel you i see you in conversation um and um you know, let them know you're entrusting them for their guidance along their journey, not to be the complete decision maker for them, but to offer you information so you can make an informed decision for yourself about your care. You know, what I, I, I say again to you a lot of times in, in the work that I do is for Black people, we have this um, longstanding history of secrecy. Mm, and then yeah. within our community, like that's grown folks business or we just don't talk about it because you the shame or embarrassment mm -hmm. or, you know, this was done in secret. And mm -hmm. the reality is when we're talking about certain things, pregnancy included, but loss as well, is when people suffer a loss, when they bring it up with someone in their family, that's usually the time that they discover that their family member has gone through it too or those mm. another family member or so-and-so or even a friend you know you're scared to tell your friend but when you talk to your friend about it they've suffered the same kind of situation as you you'd be surprised how many things are similar now I'm not saying to run to everybody for medical advice but there is healing in community and in sharing yes. the story absolutely so those are the things that you really want to look out for um you know if you're far away, look what the pandemic has done for us. We have Zoom meetings everywhere. Right. <laughs> so there's somewhere along the way where you can find access to a community who's going to help you through your, your journey, whatever it might be through health. Right. Doulas are a critical mm -hmm. uh, investment in your care during a pregnancy journey postpartum or even an end-of-life experience they do have end-of-life doulas as well there's all kinds of doulas so but it is super important for you not to go into these spaces unarmed and your yeah. armor is another person like yeah your yeah. armor is your knowledge and your armor is another person um uh and making sure that you know someone's with you to understand and to walk with you through the process mm -hmm. um, so that you you don't forget what was said to you and also you know you know what the plan of care is so right. yes it's important for us it's really important really important so thank you thank yes. you <laughs> i am so appreciative of you taking this time y'all she is post call you hear me this woman needs sleep so i'm not going to hold you any longer i 
so appreciate you taking this time to, to discuss this heavily important topic and to share your tips with our listeners. I do want you to give like a little blurb about what you are doing and just a little bit on the Vagina Chronicles, sure. um, if you will, and let our listeners know where they can find you and where they can um, keep in contact with you, keep up with what you're doing, and perhaps you know reach out if they have questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you're open to that absolutely always so um yes I started um a social media platform that has grown beyond my wildest imagination <laughs> the vagina chronicles because we're talking all things vagina um, <laughs> we're talking facts myths everything in between and um hopefully leaving you with something that uplifts your spirit as well Mm-hmm. Um, but you can find me there on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter, not so much, but I'm there at the Badge Chronicle because it wouldn't let me be great. Um, <laughs> and then also you can find me at my on my website um, www.thevaginachronicles.org, not .com, .org, and that is where I'm building community. Um, classes will be posted there. Right now, I'm in, in the works. We just finished a postpartum prep group, which was great. Um, in the works for some more classes in the future. I send out, um, now uh, uh, recently, now sending out a monthly newsletter to subscribers only. So if you subscribe, you'll get that newsletter from me. There's a blog post in there from the past few years that I've been doing this. So tons of information um and resource guides that will be coming as well so yeah that's where you can find me yes 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 so we definitely want to support you Ayanna again express the gratitude for you joining in today can you please just give us a word of positivity this this was a heavy topic Mm -hmm. but I want us to leave on a positive Note, you mentioned the joy of births before. Yeah. Can you just give us something, something light? I want and to go back happy. there again because it just, it's just the truth. Like, despite what is going on around us, um, the social unrest, seeing things happen to our people over and over again, know that in these corners of the earth, there are some pretty amazing things happening. And, um, there is successful black birth there is successful maternal health and successful um newborn health and we are seeing black families still be able to thrive in a time where we're faced with so much adversity there is success and know that it's happening and people are working in your favor for that you're not alone in this especially the Black midwives, we are really, really focusing on making sure we protect you in the way that we know how. So you're not alone. (laughs) You're not alone. I love it. This has been a phenomenal conversation and a great way for us to acknowledge and celebrate Black Maternal Health Week. For you mamas listening, I want to say thank you for joining us. I know this was a lot of information, but it was all such crucial information for you to have. So if you need to, go ahead and rewind and listen again. We want you to be encouraged as you start 
or continue your journey of pregnancy and motherhood, please don't forget how important it is to plan and prepare not only for your pregnancy and delivery, but for after delivery, postpartum. And remember how important it is for you to speak up and advocate for yourself and your families. Don't forget to tune in next week for our last episode of the season. You don't want to miss it. Until then, keep growing. Thanks for listening to Growing in Motherhood. If you like this show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other mamas just like you find the show. We also encourage you to even tell a friend. And if you would like to connect and continue to grow with us, we invite you to follow our Instagram page at Growing in Motherhood for daily parenting insight and announcements for upcoming episodes. Until next time. Bye.